Hey guys, I just want to hop on here real quick and of course encourage you to leave a review for us. Rate us on whatever you're listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever streaming platform you're listening to us. Leave a review, recommend us to your friends, shout us out. We could really, really, really use the support. We love it. Um, I was actually just telling Zach that I've seen some more reviews coming in. People are giving us more five-star reviews, uh, but we could always use more. It really helps us in the podcast uh, to keep this thing going. So we just appreciate you guys listening. And if you could share us and like a review, 60 seconds, it doesn't take a long time. We would appreciate you. Let's get to the show. We love you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, Roll the Credits, the podcast. Roll the Credits, the podcast. The only podcast that has a garden and nourishes the soil mm-hmm. with human blood. Yep. I'm there was Frank. a chicken in here. <laughs> I told you there was a chicken in here. I'm Zach. <laughs> and today we are doing 2018's mm-hmm. Netflix original, mm-hmm. Apostle. Not exactly a horror film. No, it it is. It's bordering. It's horror, it's horror adjacent, as I said uh, yeah. last week. Um, just Which is to, fine because my pick for like I guess a week out from now will be something along the same lines. Okay, cool. Um, we were talking earlier that obviously October we tend to do only horror films, but maybe next year or maybe just even continuing on with the rest of the the season, we, we might do September and October. All the way through January. <laughs> yeah, just all the way to December, yeah. Um, anyway, that being said, let's get into 2018's mm-hmm. Apostle. Uh, written and directed by Gareth Evans, uh-huh. which is the guy who made the Raid movies. Yep. Um, he also had a really cool... Uh, you, do you, are you familiar with the VHS movies? Yes. VHS 1 um, and VHS 2? I think he did two. 1 and 2. He was... Well, he did... He, you know, because it's all it's like an anthology, oh, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. multiple directors. Mm-hmm. He has a small one in VHS 2, which mm-hmm. is by far, hands down, the best uh, little anthology in that one. So, I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's a really unique director. He obviously knows how to direct fucking action like yes. insanely well. Uh, and it's this is I think the first film that he made that was in English like that 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 because he normally yeah. does. Um, yeah, Raid was um, in Japanese, right? Um, and then there were there was like a shit ton of the VHS ones that were in like Spanish and like right, other yeah. languages. Yeah, so he doesn't really do so this is kind of like his like you know he's dipping his toe into in a, in a more American or English film uh which I'm all for. That's all yeah. that that's fine. Um so this film takes place in 1905 uh and it follows a man who is sent to an island to retrieve his sister from a very very religious cult. Mm-hmm. Um it stars Dan Stevens, who plays Thomas, who is the the brother who's trying yeah. to rescue the sister. Your main character. Yeah. Um, and then, for the most part, I mean, like, there's obviously a bunch of people in here. Michael Sheen, who plays Malcolm, yes. is hands down, in my opinion. The best. Yeah. Like, the best part of this film. <laughs> yeah, he's really, really, really cool. Um, you have Richard um, Elfin, who plays Charles. You have Paul Higgins, who's Frank. Bill Miner, who's Jeremy. Um, and then you have you have uh, Christine Forseth, who mm-hmm. is 
Fiona, I think is her. Fion. Fion. Yeah. She's the the daughter mm-hmm. of uh, Quinn, Quinn, who is Mar- who is played by Mark Lewis Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's pretty much it as for like people who really, really, really matter. Um, and like I said, this movie's about uh, a basically, honestly, this film is essentially gangs in new york meets wicker man i was thinking that too <laughs> it's like there is wicker man in this it's it's obviously influenced by wicker man i think mm-hmm. it's ext- i think it's way better than wicker man <laughs> i do not like wicker man. well hey we didn't review the nicholas cage one so <laughs> uh and then and then again it, it kind of feels a little bit more gangs in new yorky about yeah. a guy who comes to an island or you know wherever he comes to he comes to a place with the uh kind of ruse of being mm-hmm. like oh i need to get underneath this guy and, and and have him trust me and then in reality i'm going to you know i'm trying to get my sister back or in mm-hmm. gangs of new york i'm trying to kill him because he killed my dad um and and overall i think this is a really fun and not a while not a perfect film no i think it's a very very good horror adjacent yeah. kind of tension building mystery of what the hell is going on here yeah i mean I, I originally watched this maybe like three, four years ago, um, which seems like around the time when this came out. So yeah, three, four years ago. Um, and I remember watching it and I was like, one, the trailer did not really predict this the way that it was, but it was very compelling. Like it was something a little bit different from like what Netflix was putting out at the time. And I really like the fact that like this feels like an indie film, but it's got that big budget production to it yeah and it's also just way more stylized yeah then and that's because of gareth evans yeah he's clearly <laughs> like he, he's a very stylish and kind of flashy director but not mm. to a point where you're kind of rolling your eyes yeah i mean you get that opening shot in the film of like the sweeping shot of over the ocean and yes. then going into the train and super I mean, nice yeah and you're just like all right clearly we we are in the hands of somebody who mm-hmm. is is and, and like even you know things where, where we get to see um the one shot of uh, Thomas, who when he's getting like the like religiously persecuted, mm-hmm. persecuted, and he's you know there's like the cool upside down shot of the burning cross and everything on fire, and then it starts yes. moving in closer super, and turning the cool. other way, and and, and inside the eye like it's it's the burning cross. Yeah, too. everything about it is just so hyper stylized, mm-hmm. um, and he's and he's really really good again with he doesn't obviously like this film doesn't. It's not an action movie, but there are elements of action. Oh, yeah. And it's really... The the action that you do get in this film is awesome. A uh, little little weird, because it's like... I remember like at one point when it's like Thomas is like being held by the two spears. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, he just, he just goes kung fu. Yeah, I know. It's he like very drops to his knees fu. and then like breaks off one <laughs> yeah, of the guy's legs. It's awesome. Like for yeah. no reason. It's it's, <laughs> well, yeah, I saw it and I was like, wow, this is cool. But like, fuck, he had no idea how to do this beforehand. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I really like this movie. I, yes. I have I have like two kind of major. I have I have two minor complaints really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get to the I'll get to the other one when we get to more towards the end of the film. But my my only major kind of complaint that I that I was a little like scratching my head on after watching it three times mm-hmm. was the whole idea of this film is your sister has been taken and brought to this island and you need to basically infiltrate the island and rescue her and bring her back mm-hmm. because they are uh you know they're kind of expecting ransom money from us and we're not going to give them that yeah uh and then he he goes on to he's like waiting in line with his ticket he gets like a haircut and whatever he looks mm-hmm. kind of different and he gets a ha- uh he, he's standing on line to the guy who's kind of like 
taking the luggage from everybody. And he notices that his ticket has like a mark on it that's not on everybody else's ticket. Mm -hmm. And he then swaps that ticket with the other guy. And then he realizes like, all right, um, you know, he gets on the boat. The guy says, welcome. And then he, and then he watches the man who he swapped, he swapped his ticket out with and they, and they mark his luggage. And then as soon as they get to the Island, they take that guy away. Mm -hmm. And I don't exactly understand how, what and why originally Thomas's ticket was marked. Like, how did they know that it was him? Because if they knew that it was him, mm-hmm. like, who gave him that ticket that that then knew that he was going to be the one that was, like, going to try to infiltrate? So my assumption from the movie, and this is what I got from, like, both times watching it, was that uh, when they sent, like, the ransom letter, they sent a ticket to the island. But is that shown? Because I don't remember that being shown. I don't think so. Right? But I, I feel like like it's kind of implied a little bit. I guess. Because, like, this is, like, a very, like, I I guess secretive kind of, like, luxurious island. Right. It's like you can't get in by, like, going to the the post office and being like, I'd like to buy a ticket for this island, please. It's, like, invite only. (laughs) It's VIP. Maybe. If that's the case, then okay. I can can buy it then. But that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if that is the case, then maybe I just didn't realize that that's what was going on. And that's fine. Yeah. I, uh, I wish that they played a little bit more into like Thomas's opium addiction. Yeah. Cause they, they like tease it like literally 30 seconds in, like he's taking like the drop and then like throughout like the first like half an hour of the film, he's kind of like addicted to it. So like he needs it. Yeah. And then he sees like the whole thing of his sister, where Quinn like cuts off her hair and he goes to like take a drop and then he just like throws it on the ground. Yeah. And it's like, I'm done with opium. Yeah. And I was like, that's not how that works. <laughs> like you're you're fucking still addicted. <laughs> so it's like I I wish that could have like played a little bit more role into like maybe like yeah. you know, he's trying to stop it, but maybe he's having like after effects from it, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um other than that, was a little confused because it was such a cool scene, but like when Quinn is like basically crucifying Jeremy. Um, oh, with the, uh, what do they call it? The heathen stand. Yes. Super cool scene. That's a great scene. But did you notice behind was like that, like bandaged red man that like takes care of the witch? The witch? Or whatever. Oh, the fucking, oh, the, the, the weird yeah. like mother earth yeah, yeah, creature yeah, yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just standing there, <laughs> which they never imply. The grinder. Is yeah. His, he's the is grinder. It? <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Oh, that man gets all the girls. Um, but it's never implied that like the town know about him. Oh, see, I, I think that it is implied that the, that the town knows about him. Like they, they understand that, that there is this, she's, I don't think that she's a witch. I, I, I kind of take it. I mean, I guess you could kind of imply that she is. I mean, she's kind of just like a representation of mother earth. Well, yeah. And, and. But they name her as a witch. They they kind of call yeah. I mean, like she is kind of a witch, but she's not really a witch because she doesn't exactly do anything that is really witchy. She's kind of just well. She sat there with a hood on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess not. No, she. But did she? Yeah, in the flashback when they first got to the. Oh island. yeah, right when they first when they first see her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 that, that's not my my only other complaint is just that I wish that we kind of got more of her. Yeah, and like more backstory of her. It does feel like an afterthought to the idea of like on top of rescuing sister cult, and then it's like weird witch. That is that is controlling the island. That, yeah, that's kind of like providing the nourishment for them. But I'm, but I mean, it it is kind of this thing. Like she's always kind of there. You kind of have, you realize that mm-hmm. every kind of 
thing that happens in the film, whether it's them running through crops or or the the really I thought the really kind of powerful scene of the goat giving birth to the deform the, yes. the deformed goat goat bucket you all, mean yeah <laughs> all of that is kind of like that's all her doing and I love this kind of boy like I love yeah. a movie that is just simmering the entire time and we're building up to a boiling point mm-hmm. of what is going to happen here because she is kind of the catalyst to everything that's happening yeah like the reason why Quinn ends up reacting the way that he's reacting and ends up essentially um overthrowing mm-hmm. and then prosecuting <laughs> and then he's like i'm going to fucking take over this island um you're a false prophet yeah. and, I, and I, i'm gonna take over this shit and then he kills his own daughter mm-hmm. because she's she ends up uh sleeping with one of the one with of the Jeremy. boys in town and gets pregnant. Yeah. And then very smart that he comes out and like after the tussle yeah. and is like that man killed my daughter. Yeah, it's it's he's a real scumbag. Yeah. And you know what? Like I liked that too because like he was kind of like for the most part just like the right hand man for yeah. the antagonist. And then like he really blossomed at the end as like the full antagonist. Right. And he kind of needs to be. Yeah. Because um, Malcolm wasn't going to do it. Because like, Malcolm Malcolm is this man who is sort of lost. Yeah. He he's feeling he he's kind of feeling the pressure of the entire town. The entire town is kind of like, hey, what are we like what's going on here? We mm-hmm. can't we're not being very fruitful. Nothing, you know, because this island is I like the idea of the island kind of being off of the mainland. Like that's Mm -hmm. why when that assassin gets sent, it's like the mainland, the people of the mainland are clearly not happy about them kind of offshoring themselves on this island and then starting up their own community. That's supposed to be way, way better Mm -hmm. than the mainland. And they're close enough that they can still go back and forth. Right. Yeah. And the whole idea of Malcolm kind of being this guy who is just struggling to maintain like power, but also keep his people happy. But he's like, doesn't know how to, and he's Mm. trying, and he's just struggling to figure out how the hell to make the witch, if we're going to call her that, uh, you know, provide, provide for, for, for them. And it, it's clearly, uh, not the way that they should be doing it. No, but again, too, like, Malcolm's approach with everything in the beginning is a lot more like I I kind of like compare it to Midnight Mass of the Father where it's like I I love a good antagonist that can just like talk you into anything yeah and that's what Malcolm can do like in the beginning it really feels like he has complete control of everything right yeah and then of course he starts to lose it right but it it kind of like he he has like this unique character arc where it's like he's really not a bad guy he's just trying to provide for everybody yeah it's really quinn who's the antagonist right yeah yeah quinn is just a scumbag yeah uh yeah but malcolm is incredible Mm -hmm. i love i love him in this movie super good i i like martin or was it michael sheen yeah yeah not martin sheen (laughs) uh michael sheen and like most things but like this was like I remember the first time watching and I was like, oh, fuck, like he's in this. Yeah. And like he he really takes he full, yeah, <laughs> he takes full stage, like from that first like scene of him, like um in church, like up on stage, like preaching. Yeah. And like talking about like, you know, this is our land, like we will provide. It's like, man, I didn't know you had this in you. Yeah. You, you well, mostly do like weird comedy and like uh, sorcery stuff. Right. And he's kind of this because it feels as if oh these are all you, you know like there's the church and all of the new people mm-hmm. that have come onto the island are now kind of at this church 
and he's kind of just trying to make it seem like he like he's got everything paradise. under control yeah and and that everything is completely great and now that they're here you know he, he that they can no longer worry because he's got them mm-hmm. but in reality in the back of his mind everything is just kind of falling apart um it's he's a really interesting and kind of complicated character of a guy who's just trying to fucking hold it all together yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so we we kind of start moving throughout the town and i love how in like because this is in 1905 mm-hmm. so it's not like that far like off yeah. from you know the industrial revolution mm-hmm. and we're kind of right in the midst of it but yet they feel like they have guns yeah but it's very colonial still. yeah like it, I, it feels like how when we did the crucible it's like it's literally just you built your log cabin you have a fire that's all yeah, you got right and just simple living. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that because you can kind of feel almost what M. Night Shyamalan did with The Village, mm-hmm. where it's we're isolating ourselves and we are trying to live a simpler life. So yeah. while everybody else on the mainland is probably progressing and technology is starting to move forward, we are we are going to stay and, and do what we do, which mm-hmm. is... The garden, good old fashioned garden <laughs> and this manual labor mm-hmm. and it's a simple life. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I like that idea of, of it and and but then again when shit hits the fan, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we do have guns yes. and, and, and we and we will like you know, fucking yeah. <laughs> we, will... we do have things that are kind of like progressing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And and I I really like that. Uh, I love the shot when Tom, so like Thomas is kind of investigating, right? He's mm-hmm. kind of breaking in. He's trying to understand what the hell's going on here. And that's, that's like my favorite part of the movie. Truthfully yeah, is, like, is understanding what exactly is going on. That's why like, it feels more like a mystery rather than like a horror, yeah. but it has the horror elements. Right. Yeah. And when he starts seeing, like when he, when he's looking through the one window and he sees the woman cut, slitting, oh, the yeah. husband slitting yeah. the wife's arm and they're like filling up the, uh, the like Mason jars with mm-hmm. the blood. And and it's like, what is going on here? What yeah. are we doing here? And he ends but he's up not st- dumb though, because he does realize like, oh, something's weird. So like, let me take some of the blood right, from the yeah, other jar and right. put it into mine. And then he ends up, yeah, he ends up stealing some of the blood. He has the jar, and he ends up cutting his finger like mm-hmm. on like the key or something. Super and cool scene. In that, yeah, and the, and like a few drops of blood drop onto the floor, and then the blood starts getting sucked mm-hmm. over down past the floorboards, and you see the witch, mm-hmm. at least a, like a certain kind of rendition of the witch, yeah, uh, consuming the blood. Yes, because I'm I'm sure because she's trapped. Like, she's in hungry. That, yeah, she's hungry. She's trapped in like that house, but she can probably like project herself. And that was a really That's, cool scene. Yeah, too beforehand. When they're at church and he looks over and sees her like walking across like through the window. Right. And then goes outside and sees that it's like up on a hill. Right. So like nobody could have done that. Exactly. And then you see like the moss. Right. So it's like, okay, she's she's everywhere. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's fucking great. Even too in the hallway when like he's going to um go unlock his door and you see her in the background. Yeah. Like just watching him. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like she knows that like this is something that could like feed me right like this is something different yeah yeah she can i think that she immediately kind of senses thomas yeah and i mean obviously once we get to the end of the film you realize that she says to him like i've been waiting for you Mm -hmm. like you have you were the chosen one essentially to kind of take on what i've been doing yeah kill me (laughs) kill me now kill me and take on my take my (laughs) spot uh so thomas is kind of like trying to figure out what's what the hell's going on in town uh and then you kind of have this little side story of these two like lovers 
who a little it, like it adds to the story yes, at the end. Yes, but like in the beginning, it's kind of like it's just filler portion. It feels it. a little bit filler. Yeah. Uh, again, not per- not a perfect film. No, but like Jeremy and Fawn Fan, however you want to pronounce her name. Yeah. Whatever. Like I buy their relationship. Yeah. Um, they really do seem like they love each other. I swear I've seen this kid before, Jeremy. He looks. Doesn't he look familiar? He looks so. Yeah. F- I can't fucking remember. I think maybe he was in Euphoria. I think. Uh, oh, maybe like Kat's, he was. Kat's, yeah, maybe, uh, boyfriend? was that him? Maybe. maybe? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> similar faces. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I swear I've seen him before. Their story is is okay. I mean, it really builds up more to like yeah. the whole thing with Quinn. Right. And my God, that fucking the the heathen uh, heathen stand. Yeah, the heathen stand scene with Quinn is probably my favorite. It's sh- intense. It's it's. I love the camera work. Yes, in it. it's so good because like how it twists and it kind of like metaphorically shows like this twisted sense of view that Quinn has <laughs> and it's so cool yeah, like so the you, way that he does it right because it's like a POV shot mm-hmm. of Jeremy's eyes and when they're cranking yes. his head it starts slowly like kind of clocking up towards the sky and then you even get the blood stain mm-hmm. in the eye because they're cranking his skull so hard so like he's already pretty much halfway dead at this point because they're yeah. crushing his skull to a point where he's getting blood in his vision plus the practical effects of actually showing it yeah like very cool yeah and then quinn ends up cranking uh that giant drill bit into mm-hmm. his head kills him puts and a little flower inside. puts a little thing i guess that's kind of like a like you're now pure again yeah. essentially um into his skull and and Malcolm comes over and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and Quinn, again, is just like, you're a fucking false prophet. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not providing for us. I am going to be the one that's going to have to take on the reins here because I am willing to do. And you and, and, he, and he, he's right. He shows yeah. that he is willing to do whatever it takes in order to make this land prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that means raping women and continuously getting them pregnant and then feeding those babies to the witch. Yeah. Which is what essentially his goal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's a sicko. Yeah. <laughs> he's a gross motherfucker. And that's kind of like the turning point of Malcolm where Malcolm is realizing that he needs to do something. Yeah. Quinn is... Quinn can't be the guy. No. <laughs> you're not the guy. No. You were the guy six years ago, but you're not the guy anymore. <laughs> you're not the guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh and then, of course, while this is all happening, it's it's very there's just so much going on. Yeah. And, and and while this is all happening, Thomas is like infiltrating and figuring out what the hell's going on, trying to find his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get the really incredible scene of him breaking in underneath the floorboards inside like the witch's haven. Oh yeah. yeah. And you meet the grinder, mm-hmm. and he finds his sister kind of in that sack. Uh, he ends up getting hit in the head, which I was not expecting the first time that I watched it. Yeah. Well, also too a little weird because like you're sitting there and you're like, how do they not notice him? Like they're actually talking. They're pretty just so loud. loud. Yeah. And it's like, oh, obviously they're gonna get away, and then like he gets bonked on the yeah. head, and it's like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it, what an intense scene of the grinder oh, machine. Yeah. The the fingers being yeah. like actually like gnawed <laughs> off, like really cool. Like yeah. again, practical effects, the gore in this film, when it needs it, it delivers yeah, for it. The, and the, then I, I just, I wish that like we got to see like the grinder actually get grinded. I know. Instead of just the like grinder becomes the grindy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always the grinder, never the grindy. Yeah. It, um, yeah, yeah. Like instead of like just the weird like counterweight falling on him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of like, exactly. It's a counterweight that he, that he kind of hits him and, and ends up killing him with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get something very interesting when like, when Thomas goes over to the witch. Yeah. And like how you said where it's like, I've been waiting for you. And she like 
sticks like her fingers into like yeah, his her, head. Yeah, her, her hand, her fingertips kind of become vine, vine like, mm-hmm. and she yeah, she sticks them into into his like temples, and he, I'm a so like it's kind of once you get to the end of the film, you kind of realize that I guess that she kind of passed her powers or exactly what she is onto him. Yeah. And at that moment, because his eyes change colors mm-hmm. there, and and it all, it's he's probably just now realizing that he's bearing the weight of the world, literally. Yeah, of himself. I mean, on... It's not fully, fully described in the film, but like you, you do kind of like understand like at the very last shot of the scene, right? Yeah, and he ends up. She basically is like put put me out of my misery. Yeah. Also, one thing I really just want to talk about is how fu- right before we kill the witch off <laughs> is how fucking cool it is when they give her blood and the flowers and stuff start blooming. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I love that. I know. Uh, it's very interesting too because it's like she doesn't want it, but at the same time too, it prospers when she takes it. So she, it's like because. But the thing is, right? So there's this whole element of of Thomas kind of finding like the cave drawing sort of yeah of the people before them. Uh, finding her, and you kind of see them worshiping these like figures worshiping her. Yeah, and rather than imprisoning her. Yeah, because like you, you, you clearly you, once once you once he burns the witch down, and then uh, he ends up stabbing Queen in the chest, and then his sister and uh, Fiona are being uh, held captive by Quinn. Mm-hmm. You kind of realize exactly what I was talking about earlier about how Quinn is kind of preparing them to essentially be just feeding the witch their mm-hmm. the children that they bear, and he co- goes on about you know he kind of makes this comment on how she's not she's a machine we're using her like a machine yeah and that's obviously again like a commentary on the earth and mm-hmm. that we really shouldn't be doing that because that's not how this prospers and also the industrial revolution that was coming up well yeah I guess so. <laughs> And there's this this moment of realizing like she is that's like she doesn't she doesn't prosper by forcibly by forcing her to give us what she needs. Mm-hmm. She gives us what we need by us giving her what we need. Yeah. And, and it's the kind of it's the symbiotic relationship of of human connection and earth. And and Quinn is just like, no, we need to he, he is more of like on surplus. He's like, mm-hmm. we need as much as we can from her all the time. So imprisoning her and realizing that that she kind of blooms with this um with blood and and and, and whatnot and forcing her to kind of do that is clear I, she's so unhappy, man. Oh yeah. Like yeah. when the when the grinder shoves that tube down mm-hmm. her throat and, and is like just forcing her with uh feeding her all that yeah. all that all the whatever like human remains and stuff. You can just tell that she just wants to die so bad, mm-hmm. but when they She's do it, trapped. she blooms. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's a, like a never ending cycle. Uh, so when they end up fucking, first off, Quinn dies. I love this death. Oh yeah, like really, really deserved. Um, even two beforehand, like really surprised with Jeremy holding his own against Quinn. <laughs> like you think like oh Quinn's like a fucking three hundred pound like block yeah and jeremy's like a twig yeah. and like he's cutting him off <laughs> and i'm like wow good shit man <laughs> yeah uh so they end up there's a shotgun involved the mm-hmm. shotgun gets uh taken away from the nave to the chop i think the sister ends up getting it and then shooting like the the wall and mm-hmm. getting themselves out of the chains yeah uh and then they end up strangling quinn and they start pulling him towards them yeah and the knife that's in his chest uh, Thomas grabs and they fucking just disembowel him mm-hmm. from yeah from the Again, chest to the navel exactly and, like super cool and, yeah and it's just like yeah that's a that's a that's a well deserved awesome death mm-hmm. 
Uh, the entire place is on fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> the mountain exploding blood. Yeah. That, a little weird, but, like, I, I appreciate the visual yeah, of it. Yeah, it's like, okay, because, like, is the witch dead? Is it really happening? Oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> well, yeah, because, like, had they done it, like, a th- like, maybe two more times, like, shown something like that, you would have been like, oh, okay, the witch herself is the island. Right. But then, because you just showed it once, it's like, did they, was there just, like, a pocket of blood in those right. rocks? Like, well, what's going she, on? Right, yeah, so she dies... Uh, because you, I think you then realize that that's kind of the final shot because during that little scuffle with Quinn, right, he gets mm-hmm. stabbed a bunch, Thomas. Yeah. And he's gonna, he's like on his way out. He's like, I'm losing too much blood. I can't do it. And then there's that incredible shot of him bleeding out on the hill. He tells his sister and Fiona to like, get out of here. Like, yeah. I'm not going to make it. And then he's with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Malcolm. Malcolm. And I loved that. Thomas is bleeding and you mm. see the drops of blood coming off of his wound and then they become the fucking, everything starts blooming and, and underneath you, him. You almost think that like somehow some way Malcolm is now going to use Thomas to rebuild the island. Yeah, so that's kind of like my question as to what what we all think it means is because do we think that it's going to just be an endless cycle yes. and he's going to do that or mm-hmm. do we think that Malcolm has now learned from the mistakes of of the previous one, and he's going to try to rebuild this island, but do it right. So, because that's I, what I want to believe. I, I want to believe <laughs> that too, because like you have such a character arc with him. But the problem is, is that absolute power corrupts absolutely, and like him having this power now of Thomas with a new vessel that is more willing, I'd say to actually provide for the island because he's new to having all these powers. He doesn't know anything. Like, he, he's literally bleeding and then, like, producing grass and vines. Yeah. So it's like, just build a house around him and just fucking do the same thing over again. <laughs> like, that's what I really think that Malcolm's going to do. I I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that... I, I don't know. I, I disagree. I think that everything that's led up to this point he's kind of exactly what you said about he's had such a character arc that Mm -hmm. i have to believe that he's got to be better yeah he might not though (laughs) (laughs) he probably won't (laughs) because he he's so like in the beginning too he's so like into himself as like the prophet right so it's like like over the course of three days of this man coming in and like shaking things up like it it doesn't just end that way (sighs) I, I don't guess. know. I, in I in feel, reality, no. Yeah. Like you know, like you you don't just change that much as a person in in a day or two. But in the context of the film, yeah. Like I, he did lose his his daughter, both of his best friends, like his entire village. Yeah. All in the span of like three days. Right. So it's like, yeah, like that is something that like will shake you to the core. But I don't know. I I feel like he'll just try and redo it all over again. In a new image, but like it will at some point lead just back to eventually the same lead path. to that. Maybe I mean I guess that's kind of the point, right? Is like we are just we're we're humans, and this is what we do, and history repeats itself. Yeah, and, and we're just gonna we're always like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I don't know. That, that it's it's a it's an ambiguous ending. You don't know exactly what it means because that final shot is him kind of sinking into the grass a little bit, and his eyes change colors, and mm-hmm. he. He again, like the vines and stuff, start forming over him. So, which very well CGI. Yeah, I will say, like fucking, I, I always give shit about CGI, but like when you do it right, like yeah. it looks good. I mean, even like when the flowers are blooming, like all that stuff looks like really good. There's not, there's not really anything in this film. Like the only thing that looked kind of iffy for me was the blood cave. 
when the explosion yeah. happened and the blood comes out out of the cave. I'm like, that looks very CGI <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I would say overall, like the the because it's it's used very sparingly. It's used mm-hmm. like when it needs to be used, and it, and it's not over. It's not overused at all, which is obviously the way to do it yes if you're gonna do cgi at all yeah which i recommend mm-hmm. practical effects yeah exactly. <laughs> um that's why i give it like i give it like a solid like i like i call eight, it like an eight yeah, yeah I, eight I like moss balls out of ten i like it a lot i also like the 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 idea of thomas like losing his faith like you realize yes. like that when, when we were talking about him getting uh it reminded like, me of silence it's very i mean doesn't nearly go that as fo- like no. silence is is it's um, dark with it but uh, yeah and dark with it and but like this movie's more violent with it mm-hmm. sort of yeah i mean they just didn't deep dive as much into it yeah but yeah it's not like, the point but I, I love the idea of him like kind of who, a man who's like lost his religion and lost the idea and then you get the backstory of what happened to him yeah and then he kind of ends up sort of coming back to it a little bit where he's just realizing because i mean clearly the witch sees something in him mm-hmm. And it's like you you're the chosen one. You're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> Quinn's not the guy. No, you're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> Get your ass in gear. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I like this movie a lot. I think yeah. it's a I think it's a cool I think it's got some cool horror elements to it. Um I think Thank the, you too, because I completely forgot about this movie. Yeah. Like I literally watched it once and I was like, that was good, and then completely forgot that, about that's it. That's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. Uh I watched it one time and I was like, Yeah, I think I like that movie a lot. And then I just for totally forgot about it. And then <laughs> coming back and then I, I I was scrolling through Netflix and I was like, Oh yeah, let me uh let me put this on. Let me mm-hmm. rewatch this. And I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. And and uh it was kinda like rewatching it again for the first time and, and I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's cool, and I think it, I think it's a fitting entry into October. Yeah, we're uh, making our way. Yeah, halfway there. <laughs> uh, I have a recommendation. Whoa! So I have been getting into classical music. Mm. <laughs> Beethoven. So I, I only know like the like the basic yeah. names like Beethoven, Poser. Mozart, like those, like, yeah. like the ones that Wolfgang everybody knows. Amadeus Rex. <laughs> Um, but I've been introduced to the man, the myth, the legend of Antonio Vivaldi, mm-hmm. who is, I'm learning a little bit about classical now, and he's kind of in the style called Baroque. Uh, I'm also Baroque, but he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's for a different story. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's like kind of this Baroque style. Um, his, the, the one piece that you probably know, uh, that you don't realize that you know mm-hmm. is the one that's like bum 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 Yes, I'm doing okay. a bad version yeah. of it, but uh, it's it very much like every fucking period piece that you've ever seen that takes place with giant white dresses and and big yeah. curly hair. It's like that is a song that's always in it. And then, but they only ever played that like first, ha- like that first part of it because it's very elegant. And mm-hmm. then it just goes into something completely different, and it's way better. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he, they also, he's also the guy. Um, his piece of music is the the final song in a portrait of a lady on fire. That like ah. really intense orchestral mm-hmm. um, uh, piece. That's that's like. You know, for me, like, all right, that's where I want to be with with him. And I haven't listened to a bunch of his stuff, but there's a woman called. Janine Jansen, who, because, you know, obviously he was like around in the late 1600s, early 1700s, so they didn't have recordings back then. So we have all of his music written down, but then we're kind of relying on people nowadays to perform it. Yeah. Um, 
So she did a version with probably, I would imagine, obviously the, the her entire orchestra and whatnot of, but it's like recorded in like a big, big kind of like banquet hall because I've, I've, I've been trying to find like the best kind of versions of them mm-hmm. and everybody else's versions are kind of like whack to, mm-hmm. to be completely honest. <laughs> like the music is still good, but it doesn't have what that hers power. has where like hers there's like that echo and it just sounds large and grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, her version is the best version that I could find. So that came out in 2005 called Vivaldi, the four seasons. That's kind of like the staple, the essential. Uh, and I've been listening to it and I've been really enjoying it. I never, ever thought I'd be a classical person. It's apparently very helpful too, like just mental health wise. Mental health. Apparently plants love it a lot. Like oh yeah. You, they, apparently you play classical music for plants they and they vibe. they also love death metal, which is very odd. <laughs> so it's like, it, there's a weird in between with plants. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I would highly recommend Vivaldi, The Four Seasons, performed by Janine Jensen. Mm. Uh, really, really cool stuff. And if you haven't, or you're kind of like, you know, eh, classical music is stupid, kind of like how a lot of people feel about jazz. I think there's at least one piece of music in here for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what are we doing next? Frank, we're going to pick some of our uh, some of our picks. We're going to pick film. some of our picks. We're going to pick some of our picks that you can pick yourself. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing uh, films that we think deserve a sequel. Ah. Ah. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So like that... how we did unnecessary sequels in the past. Right. This is going to be sequels that we wish happened. Yes. Cool. All right, Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, burn it all down. <laughs>